dancing. <laughs> it's what usually what people call dancing. If you want me to stop laughing, you have to stop doing shit like that. Welcome to Dream Laser. Seriously hard sci-fi. I'm Tonks. I'm Rosemary. And this is episode... 11! Yay! Woo! 11! 11! <laughs> <laughs> we got an 11 quote here, but all I oh, have I is... Oh, I know, I wish we had it. Thief! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dan Stout for that. <sighs> One of our most popular guests. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, a, he's, he's an incredible narrator. He's a, he's a hot boy. You will, we will know him as Gabriel McSnorkerson and also Captain Tech, Chuck Norris, Texas boy. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did some great lows. So. So? Um, this week. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go first. You're I mean, going to read meaning, me? Or? Meaning you're going to read my oh, story. I'm going to read yours first, okay. And then I'll read your story this week. All right. Um, Guys, I got to tell you. I wrote the story at Brew. I was about to say something. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) Go first. I was just going to say, if you have never written on a deadline like a real fucking writer, that shit is rough, man. (laughs) By the way, we're not not real writers. This seems like fun and games until it's expected of you every week and you're like, I don't have any ideas. Oh, my idea came from my name. Of my story. Yeah. As soon as I got the name for my story, the ideas just poured poured in. See, I had ideas and I couldn't figure out a name and then I changed what was happening and I don't know. I might get sued by Disney for this. For this one? Yeah. Uh, it's all it's all relative. So I think you'd be all right. <laughs> Getting sued by Disney is not relative. <laughs> <laughs> You'll lose your relatives. <laughs> all right. So anything you want to say about your story? Uh, I wrote it in an hour at a coffee shop called Next Door or Brew. Brew C&I Urban Cafe. Next Door. I can never tell which one to call it. Is it's it CNI Next Door, Cafe. Brew Urban Cafe? Yeah, it's not Brew. Uh, it's, a, it's a coffee shop in Fort Lauderdale. It's, it's really awesome. It's probably one of the best ones in the area if especially you're down if you, here. Especially if you want to write. Yeah. It's like, very, there's like bookshelves all over the place. It's a really cool atmosphere and the coffee is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote it in an hour. Yeah. I was giggling the entire time. You were. And uh, Rosemary was getting kind of pissed off, it looked like, because she was too focused on making her story as well. So Yeah, I was. I was working on it. So, yeah, um, without further ado... Here we go. Rosemary's reading my story. Here we go. Here we go. Verizon Zero Dawn. (laughs) Regular as clockwork. What do you think was going to (laughs) happen? They told me that I was going to laugh at the first line and... (laughs) That is my goal for the rest of this podcast series, is to make Rosemary laugh at the first line. Oh my god, here we go. (laughs) Oh, man. So, oh, my God. This reminds me of that barbecue sauce on my titties vine. Do you know what I'm talking so about? So, I'm standing there. Barbecue sauce on my titties. No, but this is... Here we go. Here we go. I'm oh, sure he's turning red. Oh, God. There I was, surrounded by shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in knee-deep water, and they're about to attack. I use my laser whip hair to hit them away. Those edibles are finally kicking in, and I'm starting to taste colors. Oh, my <laughs> God. I Now I know what inspired the story. Yes, yes. I cut them all in half and start to eat their heads because apparently that's where most of the nutrients are. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce myself. <laughs> you can't do this on a podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't. She literally got up and walked away. <laughs> oh, my name is... Oh, God. I can't even... <laughs> What's, what is her name? My name is Ashley Laserdisc. Oh, my God. <laughs> A space junkie just trying to make my way across the galaxy. 
Oh, I just took a prototype space edible made by Verizon Wireless slash Global Domination for science. They said it'll get me stoned, but it could have some side effects. Now, for some reason, I'm in a lab with deadly shrimp trying to eat me alive. Or at least I think they're trying to eat me. I agreed to do this experiment <laughs> where I take the experimental space edibles for a chance to win 500 pounds of crystallized Martian semen. Yeah, maybe. A, a delicacy in most planets, except that dirty, super French Earth who only values cheese. <laughs> Fuck super France. <laughs> Anyways, back to reality. All the shrimp are dead and I'm peeking pretty hard now. All I have to do is go through every room of this lab. I counted four. And the sweet, sweet Martian dick juice is mine for the taking. I didn't say dick, but nice, oh, nice ad. Nice I did a little ad lib there. Uh. I'm normally pretty accustomed to this kind of high, but this shit next level not only am i the most stoned i've ever been in my life but i might be dying (laughs) (laughs) am i dying i mean yeah we're all dying but am i dying like right now (laughs) how am i both hot and cold oh my god shout out to mickey (laughs) fuck i need to focus sorry guys i dredged through the room temperature water towards a wall with two doors they both have lights above them one red and one green Obviously, I go through the one with the green light, right? But what if that's what they want me to walk through? Fuck, man. This shit is messing with my thought process. The red light tasted like Jolly Ranchers in my mind, so I decided to go through that one. Big mistake. (laughs) As soon as I walk through the door, it slammed behind me and a trio of space baristas packing nunchucks jump out of nowhere and are telling me that I've had my last latte what the (laughs) fuck oh my god where do you think i got that from yeah i I get it (laughs) i would have laughed if it wasn't so fucking horrifying it's almost as if my psyche is making this shit up on the fly i immediately come back to reality once my face gets smashed by one of the nunchucks as i hit the floor the baristas start high-fiving each other and smacking each other's asses like that shit you see in earth ball (laughs) oh shit Earthball players definitely do that. <laughs> I start to charge up my laser whip hair in retaliation, but then I realize that I just turned on my auto shoelaces. Fuck, man, this edible is really messing with me. She's got some fucking powers, man. Laser hair, keep, keep, fuck. Keep, keep, keep reading. I turned onto my back to see the trio hovering over me, and I noticed something. All of them have Verizon logos tattooed on their forearms. That's kind of weird, I think to myself. Who gets a corporation logo tattooed on themselves? Editor's note, me. <laughs> Assholes. What do you have? Oh, Kojima. You also the Empire. You're fucking evil as shit. I'm an evil empire. Yeah. Shout out to Rage Machine. Come back. <laughs> I proceed to tell them that I don't want to die. I just wanted to get the crystals and fuck off. The crystals? The the Martian piss crystal. Oh. Martian semen. <laughs> Crystallized Martian semen. Oh, right, right. Yeah. They look at me with confusion. I feel my neck and feel the translation box that converts our languages to be compatible has been destroyed by the nunchuck slapping I just received. <laughs> nunchuck slapping. <laughs> now we can't understand each other, so my pleas are moot. The other two start to kick me in the ribs, and that shit fucking hurted. <laughs> the last one turned around to grab a hot latte for one of the lab technicians watching from the, the above windows. I start to get angry. Where the fuck is my latte? <laughs> Oh, pissed me off too, honestly. Just then I felt something I never felt before. I grabbed one of the barista's legs and pulled hard. It rips completely off their body. The barista falls to the ground and screams while the other one looks on in fear. 
I get up quickly, much too quick for a stone space junkie. I then proceed to scissor kick through the other barista's entire body, slicing them in half. As I'm standing there in a pool of coffee and blood, <laughs> that sounds hot, I wonder to myself, when did I even get laser whip hair? <laughs> I was realizing a lot of things <laughs> before I started going into another existential stoner thought process. Two more doors opened, one with a green light and the other with a blue light. Again, I didn't want to go through the green one since that has to be the one they want me to go through. So I go through the blueberry tasting blue door. <laughs> Big fucking mistake. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so sad. Read. You'll love it. All of my dead pets are there and they're talking to me telepathically. I just fucking stand there horrified. They're all singing Smash Mouth All Star in fucking unison. Oh my god, what a nightmare. Okay, this has to be the edibles doing. There's no way Verizon could have known that I had a secret turtle pet named Myrtle that I kept from my mom who was terrified of turtles. Right? (laughs) Now I'm just standing there watching him sing Smash Mouth to me. (laughs) Jesus fucking space Christ, this is weird. Nice. (laughs) I noticed that I started turning red and very hot, but before they could say... Only shooting stars break the mold. They all disappear in a blast of blue smoke. I turn back to normal. I felt like I had a bad reaction somehow. Anyways, the room clears up and there's finally a door showing up. The door with the green light. Gotta do it, I guess. I stand there for a minute to process what the fuck I just witnessed. It's more horrifying than I made it out to be. I finally turn my attention to the green door. The last door. The scary door. (laughs) One more room before I win those sick jizz crystals and I'll be rich and finally free of space poverty, which is a real thing ever since the disembodied head of Donald Trump now runs this sector, Jesus. Episode one, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel confident now. I tackled physical, mental, and shrimp challenges. (laughs) Shrimp challenges. You like that? Oh, my God. That's what you have to do when, like, remember how you're a kid and you do those, like, president's physical challenges at school? Shrimp challenges. (laughs) This is going to be a piece of cake. I walk through the green door with my big anime titties pushed out, proud that I've come this far. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest mistake. When I walk through the door, I come across a hollow television in front of me running Verizon wireless ads from 2006 and a chair in front of it. I hear an intercom above me come to life. Then a voice comes from it saying to me, you have to watch Verizon ads for the next two years without a break. There's no way. No one can do that shit. I tell him it's impossible. The static of the intercom happens again and the voice says, then just get through as much as you can. I laugh to myself. This was a scam all along. Of course I fell for it. I had nothing to lose. I sit down in the chair to contemplate my life choices. (laughs) Then I notice the ad in front of me and something weird starts to happen. I had feelings. I had a strong urge to buy a Verizon family plan, and it was growing stronger. (laughs) What the fuck is this feeling? The ad ended with a dad tapping his young son's head saying, That'll do, Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) Then it faded to black. Wait, why am I fucking crying? (laughs) I get up out of the chair and wipe the tears out of my eyes, and I immediately fall to the floor. My legs feel weak. I look down, and I'm barely half of what I used to weigh. What the fuck? I look around, and it's 
covered in Taco Bell trash and about 400 cups of Baja Blast. <laughs> the intercom comes to life again and says, congratulations, you have watched two full years of Verizon advertisements. Please walk through the next door to claim your prize. Two fucking years passed? <laughs> you can't be serious. Then it hits me. That edible they took... That edible they... They took... They took... Yeah, it made me... Uh, made me take was a sort of mind control. The Verizon ads triggered me to have an emotional response, took over my body, and forced me to watch the ads to completion. They kept me alive with Taco Bell while I lost my entire sense of time. Who knew you could actually lose weight eating Taco Bell? <laughs> I, yeah, hmm. I can't walk through the door since my legs haven't been used in a hot minute, so I crawl through the final door. There's a blinding light coming through it, so I know there's got to be something fucking sick in that room, bro. <laughs> I get through, and I see a pure white room with nothing but a slot machine in the center. I get closer to it and see the rules sprawled out, sprawled over to the right of it. Number one, you only have one chance. Two, Verizon owns you. <laughs> Three... <laughs> No tradesies. <laughs> the things I could win are the crystallized Martian semen, a $10 gift card to Applebee's, and an all-expenses-paid vacation to my dad's house. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go. I pull down the lever and the wheel spins. I look up and see that all the lab technicians are looking above at me through through their looking glass, cheering me on. I secretly wanted that Applebee's gift card. <laughs> oh, my God. Then it finally stops. I can't believe it. After all this time, it's mine. I won the crystal semen. The lab techs cheer, and they're throwing around apparently an unimportant <laughs> documents all over the lab. <laughs> the slot machine slowly descends into the floor, disappearing, and in its place is a pedestal with a crystal about the size of my forearm. I crawl closer to it, so happy for this to finally be completed, but then I start to feel something. I'm still fucking stoned. I've been stoned for two fucking years. What the fuck? <laughs> I see something scribbled on the bottom of the crystal, and it's the fucking Verizon logo. And underneath it, it says that it's for Zodiac purposes only. Wait, this is a Martian jizz? This is fucking hippie bullshit crystals? <laughs> what the fuck? I look up to see the lab techs laughing hysterically, and then the ceiling... And a huge, a oh, then from the ceiling, a huge neon Verizon logo descends down onto me with Smash Mouth All-Star blasting over the intercoms. This would have ended tragically for me if I ha had not had the unfortunate, or in this case fortunate, side effect happen to me. Apparently one of the things to steer clear from with this edible is Smash Mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Their sound waves act as a fucking fuse and I was about to blow. As soon as the song ended, I exploded with the force of 25 nukes, vaporizing the lab instantly. The best part? I survived. <laughs> I woke up on the ground as smooth as glass from the chaotic explosion with a $10 Applebee's gift card in my hand. The end. Woo! Wow. That was an experience. <laughs> Ashley Laserdisc. <laughs> Oh man, and she survived. Can we please change our last name to Laserdisc? <laughs> would that be an amazing? It name? would. All right, so I'm. I'm gonna I love that. I'm gonna read Rosemary. Sir, you liked it? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You, yeah, I did. I loved it. Okay. So this one, you want you want to talk about this one before we do it? Oh boy. Um, I don't really know. Don't don't stop. I'm just saying. You have, you have six pages. Yeah, it's pretty long. It's normal for me. Um, honestly, this I feel like my stories are getting more and more chaotic. 
What do you mean? Like every week I'm just like adding more and more elements and they're just getting out of control. Okay. I don't know if it's good or not. We'll see. I know it's going to be good. You always, you say that every fucking week. Mm. All right. So this one is called Versa Gemini and the Escort Mission from Hell. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Versa Gemini saw the fighter fall out of the sky, a trail of thick black smoke pouring out of its tail. And yeah, smoke. Because we're inside a planet's atmosphere. Get at me. (laughs) So anyways, she saw the fighter falling at breakneck speed, flames shooting out of its fusion engines until it smashed into the sand dunes of her home planet and fucking exploded so hard with like, it was like a god farting. (laughs) A god, not the god. Versa ran towards the wreckage, but not to see if anyone was hurting or anything. She didn't really care about that. Plus, there was no way anyone could have survived that crash unless there were Poe Dameron or FN-2187, and they had J.J. Abrams cutting out the crash scene, so there was no need to explain to the audience how they survived. Nice callback to... Yeah, you like that? No, I'm not a pussy like J.J. Abrams, so I'm showing you the crash, and I'm straight up telling you, the pilot of the ship is hanging out with Satan as we speak. He's dead. Yes, I get it. But anyway, the real reason Versa ran over the wreckage and braved the flames was because she was a piece of shit scavenger trapped on a desert planet, and she's made a living off the finding metal scraps and shit. This is a lot like Star yeah, Wars. So, so, this is, yeah, you know, a lot of Star uh, Wars news lately. Was it a shit life? You bet your ass it was. But Versa really had no other choice. She was poor as fuck, and even though she had spent her life learning how to fight and dreaming of becoming a space adventurer, she had no way of getting off the planet. I can see why you want Disney's gonna fucking sue you. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to get financing for a spaceship when you work for yourself? Versa had, like, no stable employment history, and she definitely hadn't been filing her taxes. So, yeah, no spaceship for her. Versa pulled back the hood of her tunic and started sorting through the burning remains of the ship, noticing the pilot's charred skeleton still strapped into the seat. Sucks to be you, bro, she muttered as she looked for anything she could salvage. Suddenly, over the sound of the crackling flames, Versa heard a series of beeps. She looked around. Who's there, she asked. From behind the wreckage... A super cute little blue robot rolled out onto the sand. Normally, Versa would have grabbed the nearest heavy object, smashed this thing's head in, and sold it for parts. But this little droid was just so adorable. There was no way she was going to do that. She knelt to the ground. Oh, come here, little guy, she said, reaching out to the robot. The little droid adorably rolled out from behind the wreckage with a really cute series of beeps. The droid explained to Versa what had happened to the ship. You and your master were trying to get to a very important message to Resistance Base where the interactive stellar fleet shot your ship down? Holy shit, <laughs> This is literally Star Wars. Wow, that's crazy. Versa tried not to let her eyes glaze over, but she wasn't really interested in this conflict between the ISF and literally everyone else in the entire galaxy. The droid could sense her totally zoning out. Beep, beep, boop, it said. <laughs> It finally caught her attention again. You're saying the Resistance will pay me an assload of cash if I get you to their base? The robot beeped in affirmation. Versa thought about it. She wasn't really interested in the war between the ISF and everyone, but she sure as fuck was interested in money and getting off this shitty desert planet. Little robot guy, she said. You've got yourself a deal. The droid beeped excitedly. What's your name? Versa asked. The droid said a bunch of beeps that meant BB Rolly Ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> Weird, said Versa. I'm Versa. Now we have to figure out how to get off this planet. The droid did some more beeps who translated to, we should hire a smuggler who has a freighter that's made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. 
What the fuck is a Kessel Run? Versa asked. Never mind. I have a better idea. The scene cuts to Versa and BB Rollyball entering a grimy as fuck space cantina where a bunch of aliens are playing weird instruments and shit with everyone getting shit-faced. BB Rollyball does some beeps that mean, what the fuck is this place? Don't worry about it, said Versa, looking around the smoky ballroom, or bar room. Her eyes finally locked into exactly what she was looking for, a man wearing a weird mix of intergalactic stellar fleet uniform and pirate gear. I got this. BB Rollyball followed Versa across the room as she, le- as she leaned against the bar next to the man who was looking wistfully onto, off into the middle distance. A glass of Gabriel McSnorkison's alcoholic as fuck wave pool water, TM. It will seriously fuck you up, TM. <laughs> and an open poetry notebook in front of him. Risa leaned onto the bar. Well, well, well. If it isn't Lieutenant Hans Gruber Voldemort Sauron Palpatine, she said. The man looked up at her, his eyes going hard as he recognized her. He grabbed his drink from the bar and downed the entire glass. What do you want, Gemini? I want to know where your captain is, Versa answered. I somewhat regret to inform you that I'm no longer affiliated with the Intergalactic Stellar Fleet, so I have no idea where my former captain is at this moment, Han sighed. Not the captain, you moron, Versa snapped. I'm talking about bearded beast, the bearded beast of the Stellar Seas. Han's eyes... Wait, Han's eider skeptically glanced down at the droid. What do you want with Captain Brackenthorn? I have a business proposition for her, said Versa, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't trying to get a look at those sweet, sweet pirate tits. <laughs> Hans sighed, his captain, Bella Brackenthorn, and the space pride who was famous for basically nothing but being the most promiscuous being in the galaxy, was fucking everyone but him. <laughs> he knew that Bella and Versa had been intimate before, but this was a development he wasn't exactly excited about, but he also knew that he and Bella were broke as fuck. Due to the fact that, though Bella had no fucking idea how to be a space pirate, she refused to take advice from anyone. She's over there, he conceded, motioning to a booth at the back of the dirty cantina where Versa could barely see Bella, who was making out with multiple shirtless dudes and a tentacle alien. Gross. Thanks, Lieutenant, she said as she made her way over to the four-way. Or was it a five-way? That was going on in the booth. (laughs) That was going on in the booth. Versa stood in front of the mass of entangled flesh and cleared her throat. Bella peeked her head out from between some slimy tentacles and immediately grinned. Versa Gemini, she said, extracting herself from the tentacles and shirtless guys. What are you doing here? She asked as she tucked her huge titties back into her corset. I have a business proposition for you, said Versa. Can we talk in private? Sure, said Bella. Okay, fuck off, guys. She told tentacle alien and half-naked humans she was about to fuck. This is going to have to wait. Once everyone else had fucked off, Versa tentatively slid into the booth, trying not to think about all the bodily fluids she was sitting on. She, yeah, no. she picked up BB Rollyball and <laughs> sat next to him. <laughs> all right, sat him next to her while Bella waved Hans over. Once the ex-lieutenant was seated next to her, Bella turned to Versa. Talk, she commanded. Destroyed as part of the resistance against the ISF, Versa explained in a low voice. He has an important message for the resistance generals and needs someone to get him into their base, but I don't have a ship. If you guys make it, take it to stare, I'll split the profits with you. Hans turned to Bella. Lady, if I may offer some advice, he said. This mission sounds highly dangerous and out of our range of ability. Shut the fuck up, Hans, <laughs> Bella snapped. Then she turned her attention back to Versa. We're in. Cut to Bella's space pirate ship in outer space because that's where spaceships are supposed to go. <laughs> that was a fun question or answer. You like that? 
So what's this droid's importance message? Bella asked from where she sat in the helm. I don't know, Versa answered, but it must be really valuable if the Resistance are willing to pay to get it, to get, to get it back. Bella smiled wickedly. After this, you're going to want to exchange all our credits for paper money and have sex on top of it? Han sighed audibly from the back of the ship <laughs> where he was writing more poetry. You bet your ass I do, Versa replied. Hans, write that down, Bella commanded. <laughs> yes, Captain, said Hans. Bella turned her attention back to Versa. He does whatever I say. It's great. He's like obsessed with me or something. <laughs> Poor Hans. Fuck Hans. <laughs> But before she even got the sentence out, the entire ship rattled with the force of an explosion. Alarms and shit started going off everywhere. Captain, we're being attacked, Hans yelled, jumping to his feet. Thank you, Lieutenant Obvious, said Bella. She might not have been the world's most experienced space pirate, but she had figured that out already. Bella accepted an incoming transmission. As she she did, the face of one of the most feared ISF fleet captains appeared on the ship's main screen. It was Han's former commanding officer, Captain Esmeralda Crunchwrap. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering if anyone from Taco Bell system is evil as fuck in this universe, the answer is a resounding fuck yeah. Yep, most evil system in the world. So Galaxy. Captain Crunchwrap laughed evilly when she saw Han's. <laughs> if it isn't the former lieutenant, she said as her huge space cruiser the meat mallet <laughs> pulled into range of its silver cutter. You'll never convince me to rejoin the ISF, Hans announced. I've chosen a more a more <laughs> I've chosen a more noble path serving the goddess of the abyss, the great space pirate to ever live. Yeah, sure. I literally don't care, said Captain Crunchwrap. You sucked at your job, Hans. Everyone's glad you're gone. Oh, damn. Anyways, I know you have to resist this droid on board. I have hundreds of fighters ready to attack your ship if you don't have it handed over right now. Suck my dick, Crunchwrap <laughs> said Bella. <laughs> She cut the transmission before the ISF captain could respond. Lady, shouldn't we have negotiated with them? Asked Hans. They have the resources to break the laws of physics and turn this from a hard sci-fi story into a soft sci-fi story by exploding us so hard, you'll be able to hear it in space. Oh, shit. Bella waved him off. I'll take care of the ISF, she said. I'm not scared of someone who's literally named after tortilla wrapped inside of another tortilla. <laughs> she turned her attention to Versa. We're going to have to postpone our hookup for a while, she said. Take to... Take to the escape pod. Take the escape pod at the back of the ship and get that droid to the resistance base. I'll distract the ISF. Thanks, Bella Versa said. As she said, and then she she and the captain started making out real hard, and it lasted for way longer than it should have, seeing as large formation ISF fighters was spilling out of the meat mallet and heading straight for him. Hans cleared his throat, <clears throat> trying to get the attention, women's attention, but it didn't work. Guys, seriously, he said, we're about to die. Versa and Bella finally stopped playing tonsil hockey. If you cut me out of this deal, I will kill you. Bella called as Versa ran to the escape pod. BB Rollyball following her closely. <laughs> Versa tossed a droid into the escape pod and strapped herself in as Bella turned to cutter's cannons onto the fighters. With all the ISF ships focused on Bella and Hans, Versa was able to guide the escape pod safely onto space. BB Rollyball put the coordinates of the resistance base into the computer and then jumped into hyperspace leaving Bella and Hans to hopefully not get exploded into frozen chunks of flesh. Will they die? Who knows? As Maz Kanata would say, a good question for another time. <laughs> God, fuck that line. Fuck that. that fucking line. Or as I like to call it, I wrote myself into a corner and had no idea how to explain that, that shit. So I actually did it. So I actually did end up pulling a J.J. Abrams and just changed scenes and ignored the conflict I set up. 
Anyway, <laughs> a short time later, Versa pulled up, pulled the escape pod out of the hyperspace and found an icy planet looming in front of her. She guided the ship into the atmosphere and landed it right in front of a very obvious hangar in the middle of nowhere. Because that's always where Resistance have their bases. For some reason, no one can find them. It's true. As soon as v- Versa stepped out of the ship, she was met with a cold barrel of a plasma rifle. Who the fuck are you, the voice on the other end of the gun asked. Versa put her hands in the air and looked past the rifle to the person holding it. A super hot woman with big boobs, fiery red hair, and a thick as fuck booty. <laughs> she was wearing a worn hot le- wait. She was wearing a worn leather jacket that had the resistance symbol in the front and a general's insignia on the collar. Before Versa could explain the situation, a series of excited beeps emanated from inside the skate pod. The hottest fuck general lowered her gun. BB Rolly Ball? She asked. <laughs> I brought him here, said Versa. His master ship crashed in the desert, but he hit, but he said he had an urgent message from the Resistance and needed to deliver it to you right away. The redhead, who was super thick, but who Versa knew would be crazy because that's how all redheads are, <laughs> reached a hand out to the scavenger. You're not wrong. I'm General Ariel Firebush. <laughs> I've been looking... <laughs> I've been looking for this droid for ages. This message, this message he has must be a strategy on how to defeat the ISF for good. Oh, shit. Versa grabbed BB Rolly Ball and set him to the ground. This robot told me you paved me for bringing him down here, she said. Don't worry, said Firebush. If BB Rolly Ball contains the plans I need to defeat the ISF, you'll be paid handsomely. The general turned her attention to the droid. Okay, BB Rolly Ball, show us a message so we can wipe the ISF scum to the galaxy. BB Rollyball gave a few beeps and then projected his super secret message into the air in front of the women. They both stared in horror. BB Rollyball's message wasn't a strategic plan to burn down the ISF. It was a picture of a huge erect penis with a giant bush of curly black pubes and some wrinkly balls. Oh, shit. What the fuck? Versa muttered. I put myself in danger and traveled all the way across the galaxy for this shit. Firebush literally facepalmed. I think I know what this is. The general sighed. BB Rolly Ball's master was a pilot who literally would not stop messaging me on Cyber Tinder, so I blocked him. I guess he was desperate to send me a picture of his penis, but I never thought he'd go to these lengths. Did you know about this? First, I asked BB Rolly Ball. The droid makes a few beeps that were the equivalent of making someone look at your hand when you make a circle out of your thumb and index <laughs> finger. Wow, that's dedication for, for submit, submitted. Bros before space hose, BB Rolly Ball beeped. <laughs> Back on Versa's home desert planet, the scorched skeleton of the pilot who had taken the dick pic before his penis had been violently burned off, just like the rest of his flesh, turned to the camera and gave a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) The end. What the fuck? The ending was so Terminator. Oh my right? god, that story was like... It was so strange, right? Wasn't it just strange? It was like 50% Star Wars... 5% 5% Terminator, 45% hilarious. <laughs> I mean, all hilarious, but 45%. But yeah, really. definitely, um, definitely Star Wars As inspired. Maz Kanata would say. Star Wars inspired. Tony yeah. hates that Maz Kanata. Yeah, that line, she's like, a good story or a good question for another time. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Tell us the story about the lightsaber. A good story for another time. No. They're about to get 
attacked the time by the is first now. order. They're about to get attacked by the first order. No. Kylo Ren is on his she way. Can, she can... Do else, don't get me started that movie. That's what I'm saying. J.J. Yeah. Abrams was like, I don't really know what to say about like, this, well, so no. I'm just going to skip it. Anyways, J.J. Abrams should listen to our stories and make movies out of them, because yeah, we will pay him handsomely. We will. <laughs> We will? No, he'll pay us handsomely. <laughs> we will beg him handsomely. Oh my god, I wish there was a show of our fucking stories. <laughs> this is the show. No, this but I is mean, the show. Like, a TV show. Oh yeah. Crazy. If someone could make like a YouTube like animated oh my god, story insane. of us. Someone yeah, do great. it, please. I'll, I would love you. Anyways, that is our episode this week. Next week we're gonna have a special guest, I think. I think we'll see. We'll and uh, we will keep you posted on that on our Instagram, which is... Dreamlaser Podcast. Yep, and on Instagram. That's our only uh, social media, yeah, so really. definitely leave us messages or give us likes, follow us. If you have something you want us to write about, please tell us on Instagram. Yeah, tell us how much you love or hate our stories. Yeah. Either way, we, we will read it and we will love it and cry. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, I'm always crying. I love you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.